Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. to the Retail Corner Podcast. Uh, I'm Cole. I'm here with Avi Schnabel, and he is a founder of OneBeat, and it is a uh, an AI-driven logistics platform, and it's it's pretty cool. We were talking about it a little bit ago, and um, I'm kind of happy to have you on the show. How are you today? Thank you, Cole. Everything is awesome. Very, very <laughs> nice. A nice summer day here in Tel Aviv in Israel. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I'm in Texas, so it's it's kind of the same summer, so it's all right. Probably, probably yeah. We have a, a big big heat wave going on here. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I talked about uh, how it's AI driven and it's logistics and everything else, but can you tell me a little bit about like your background and the experience that you have that you're bringing to the table today? Yeah, sure, of course. So first of all, I can tell you a few. Uh, maybe I can start with a few words about the company and how I got to this. Sure. So, uh, so it's one that we're in the domain of inventory optimization, uh, and um, we do what we call in-season optimization. Uh, and the, the thing that we bring to the table is really our ability to identify the demand trends and the behavior of each and every product in the different locations, different stores, and different channels throughout the season. It's a very adaptive system that can read what consumer behavior, what customers are buying, and try to help the retailers to adapt to the to the, these signals that we are getting from reality. Now, okay. as for me, um, I started as a consultant for retailers. Um, this whole company basically didn't start as a, a regular startup. Uh, it's a spin-off uh, of, a, a, of a, a software that we built inside a, a consulting company. Ishaim, the co-founder of uh, this company, was actually managing the, co- uh, the consulting firm. I used to be a consulting a consultant in, in a different firm, joined him to work with retailers, and then we decided to take a few algorithms that we built there and form a software company out of it. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's no there's no standard way to do a startup, but that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. You, you fixed a problem, and, and now you're you're just kind of putting it out there for the universe. And so, yeah. nothing wrong with that. So you talked about a uh, consumer data, and you you talked about a, uh, how how you're leveraging that for like uh, seasonal stuff. When when it comes to consumer data, I'm always a little bit uh, hesitant because what does that mean? What are, you, are you are you studying the consumer? Or are you studying the the trends? How, how does that fit in? Because a lot of people use the word consumer. Good question, because you know this is also something that we always get from the clients. At the end, when we look at data, uh, we look at aggregated data. I don't know okay. what call both, but I'm looking at the aggregated data of what customers are buying in each and every location. And the way that we look at data is that we break this data into a lot of different attributes. So what do I get from the data? I know that this shirt, this is a style color size. I know that it was purchased today in the store in Fifth Avenue. Uh, but I know a lot of things about this product. 
I know it has a lot of attributes in the system. I know the color, the pattern, I know the fit, I know the size, I know um, whatever. So the way that we look at data is uh, we look at this demand from different dimensions. So I know that someone bought this SKU, but I also know that a lot of people purchase the color blue today. And I know that a lot of people today purchase size medium. And I know that people are buying more slim fit. And by looking at all of this data, what customers are buying in a specific store, specific city, specific area, from all of this, we create correlations between these data points okay. And from that, we can conclude in a very fast way, you know, what, what is, I mean, what has a better chance, what has a better potential to sell here in this store and maybe in other stores. That makes sense. So like you have a, you have a lot of data, you have a lot of data set and points and everything else like that, where it's, you're, you're tracking the trends mm -hmm. and that's, that's a big wave of, a, of information. Let's yeah. talk about one little drop of water. What, can you can you tell me like a time when it made a difference when that kind of tracking uh, kind of had a significant impact? No, I, I so I have to say it makes a difference all the time because uh, of course. <laughs> maybe I'll go. I mean, let me share some you know some data with you that we always share with uh, with with customers and in general. There's a benchmark in the industry that around if if you look at the fashion industry, fashion apparel. So the benchmark says that between 25 to 30% of the inventory is left unsold at the end of the fashion season. Now, out of that, some of it will be sold in deep discounts or will go to liquidation channel, but the assumption is that around, I don't know, eight to 10% of, of the stock will be obsolete, will go to waste or like our liquidation channel. Now we know from our data that around 40% of this inventory that is left at the end of the season is not necessarily bad inventory. It's, we differentiate between what we call um, global tail, which is you know, bad products, tail, the tail of the, of the product, okay. low movers, and local tail. Local tail means it's, it's a bad product in one area, but it's a very good product in a different area. So what our system is doing is really working on these 40% and we identify them and when we rotate them, move them and bring them to other stores, we see a very big increase at the end in you know, full price sales from these specific products. All right. So these are things that we see all the time. So once you identify that, like the little forty percent or the thirteen percent or whatever it may be, what do you do with it? What's so, next? So, uh, so at the beginning, we just created the algorithm and we were very happy with ourselves. And now <laughs> I have an algorithm that says that okay, this is a, a I mean, this is a skew that has a very low potential to sell here, and that was it. So sure. what we what we <laughs> did with it? So we had a, yeah, data and action are two different things. Yeah, <laughs> monetize it and make clients, you know, want to pay month after month, all over again. So uh, we started to build specific recommendations. So now, because of the algorithms, I know again crossing all of the different attributes and the demand patterns of the different categories and products. Now I can conclude that this product has a twenty percent chance to sell in the location that it is at right now. Hmm. Yeah, I see that the, I don't know, I have 
I have five or six pieces. My season is about to end in three weeks. There's like a 20% chance that I will sell them. But I see other stores where this product is almost out of stock and it has like an 80 or 90% chance to sell. So what we are doing is we're creating these recommendations for trips of how you can move and rotate your inventory, move it from one store where it has a very low potential to sell to other stores where it has a very high potential to sell. So in a way, this also helps us to consolidate all of the broken the, the broken sets that you have towards the end of the season. When you work, yeah. So everybody loves to hear about the system going right. Mm-hmm. What happens when the system, are there any pitfalls or any, any, any sort of like things that you have, have learned from any lessons learned that, uh, that you can specifically speak to, like, like not necessarily mistakes you've made because nobody likes to admit those, but just have a few, you know, something, something that you could, you could prevent somebody else from making a mistake. Like what, what would you look out for? Um, so, uh, think about it. Um, <laughs> Any sort of potential potential pitfall, you know, when you're collecting all this data, when you're when you're using all this data, that kind of. Yeah. So you, you, I mean, what you have to avoid, and this is a place where our algorithm grew over time, is that the whole idea. I mean, what what we preach about, we call short term predictions. How to take short-term data, okay, I don't care what happened last uh, season. I also don't care what happened in the beginning of the season if it was a month and a half ago. I'm trying to learn all the time from the last week or two weeks what will happen in the next week. And we have a system that is very adaptive, okay? I mean, even if I make a, even if I make a mistake, it will, try to, it will try to correct it. But, of course, I mean, when you look at... When you look at short term, I mean, there are sometimes, of course, I mean, there are a lot of things that, that can go wrong. Okay. You can have a, I don't know, sure. a, grand, a grandmother that they went into the store and she decided to buy the same hat in six different sizes for all of her grandchildren. And now when you look at it in, from our algorithm, I and mean, in the beginning, when you looked at it from our perspective, it looked like, you know, the best, best, best seller. Now you have to overpopulate the store with, you know, heads in pink because this is what she bought. So with time, we learn how to create a lot of uh, exceptions in the system that will identify what is really a signal and what is noise. And I think this is today one of the the strongest points of our algorithm. How to differentiate between what is a signal that we see in the data and what is just noise that we need to ignore? Okay, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't live your life by the things that are aberrant, kind of thing outside the curve. And so, yeah, was there anything like that 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 you that you've been surprised by? Anything surprising that I, uh, when you when you've collected all this data that you didn't expect? Um. So, uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, this is not something we, we don't really collect and analyze the specific data of, uh, of, of a specific client. Uh, sure. this, is, uh, this is more like, I mean, at the end, this is a solution that is helping our clients achieve better results. 
so I, I don't know if I have a very good answer for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so as you're as you're looking at all these trends and everything else like that, is there a trend that surprised you? Is there a trend that surprised one of your clients, maybe? Yeah. So, so a lot of times we see um, we see specific. Sorry, we see specific um, we see specific categories or we see specific products that are behaving very very good. In, in some uh, in some areas of the business, and are you know behaving differently in a different area, and I think one of the things that we always like that we enjoy in a way showing to our clients is that you know the fact that the product is bestseller, good product, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will behave the same in all right. stores. And one of the things that you know there usually looking for and i have to say that i know that you know there are a lot of solutions that are there that are trying to do that is always trying to look at the why okay why a product is a bestseller in 98 percent of the stores and in you know two percent of the stores it is it is not selling and they're trying to fix it but in a way we're coming from the other direction because i'm saying the why is not necessarily important. What is important is to make sure how you supply the right products into the right stores. Because when you go and analyze it a lot of times, you see, I mean, sometimes you, you'll find uh, like the, the normal situation, like the normal answers, meaning you see that, you know, it's different competition. You, you have, you have a, a different competition in front of you and they're selling similar products. So the people that are going into this specific store will not buy them or because of the population that is going to be small or whatever. But in other cases, it can be you know, something as, as silly as the, the, the sales representative in the store, and she really likes yellow, and she convinced <laughs> all of the people, you know, all of the guys that are going into the store that they should buy a yellow shirt. Yeah, I mean, a, a buddy of mine works for a fast fashion retailer, and yeah, they were seeing a weird pattern, and they had, they had to de- deconstruct it and look at it a little bit, and they realized that uh, the Taylor Swift concerts were as big as prom. They were as they were huge events, and so they were seeing the, that sales sales spike right before the concert. And yeah. I mean, whether it be that or the Barbie movie or whatever else is is driving fashion right now is a. Uh, it's, it's sometimes tough to figure out. So. It, it is. So, I mean, and, and this is where we're coming from. Because when you try to analyze and predict everything, at the end, it's impossible. Okay? I mean, it's impossible to be always right. So, what again, what we're trying to do is we're really trying to read from the data where, you know, the data behaves a little bit different and try to react very fast. So, if I see that... From some, I mean, from some reason now, this is a, a store that maybe this is the reason. The store is very close to the cinema, and now because of Barbie, everybody's buying things. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I will make sure because of the data. I will make sure that I'm populating this specific store with pink stuff. So okay. these things will, in a way, will will come will become automatic. That makes sense. That makes sense. So. So when you were talking about uh, consumer data and and trend data and everything else like that, I love that you said we don't track this specific person. We don't track Cole in a store. And so it's all considered anonymous, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like, and so when it's all collected and everything else, it just becomes, it becomes completely anonymous. And is there any sort of privacy concerns uh, with that collection of demographic information? So, no, I mean, we work according to very strict rules of uh, privacy. And I have to say that because the, because of the fact that we don't, we don't save any type of data that is related to a specific customer. I don't even have customer data in my okay. system. So it, it's a non-issue. I think what is an issue sometimes, um, we use data from different chains and we collect everything in one data lake where the idea is to also help in um, um, help adjusting uh, our algorithms and, and our AI to look at, um, at, um, at data that is more broad, meaning, but of course, again, I, I, I will not go to, it's not like I will have data from American Eagle and I will tell Macy's that this is what they're selling. Okay. I will collect aggregated data that is, everything is very granular based on attributes. So now, I mean, in my system, in my data lake, I will know that in the southern part of Texas, people from different chains are buying this season shirts, you know, that are, I don't know, blue shirts with specific patterns and uh, specific fits and whatever. Sure. Okay. That makes me feel a little better <laughs> when I go in and out of, out of stores and everything else like that. So everybody talks about AI. I've got an uncle that's convinced we're 10 years away from Terminator where uh, other machines are going to take over and everything. And so it, how, how does, how does AI and how does AI, how does your little corner of the universe when it comes to uh, trend tracking and using that, how do you think that's going to change over the next few years? So first of all, I don't think that machines are going to take over the world in the next 10 years. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think that one of the things that we're using, we're using a lot of machine learning algorithms that are helping our algorithm to adjust itself. Um, because again, we, we, you know, we, we're working with, uh, we're, with retailers, we're working with people that are professionals in, uh, in, in what they do. And at the end, I mean, we're a recommendation system and we give a lot of recommendations. And I, I mean, I, I would hope that in 80, 90% of the chances, the, the cases that they will accept these recommendations, but a lot of times they deny these recommendations. And the idea of our machine learning is to try and understand all the time, to look, to try to find patterns in all of these recommendations that the user is rejecting and try to understand if there's some common ground. Why are they rejecting these kinds of recommendations? And the algorithm, in a way, is getting better and better over time and making less mistakes. Uh, so in a way, I feel that the way that we are using, and, and I, have a lot of, I have also a lot of uh, criticism regarding AI in, in many different things, sure. but I think that where we're using it is really benefiting the algorithm, which is eventually also benefiting our customers in doing better decisions and uh, better choices to their business. Awesome. So you heard it here. The, the robots will not attack. That's uh, good. Uh, yeah. 
I think you're safe. You can go out of your house. Everything is okay. Okay. Uh, I, I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the last question we usually ask people is if you had some advice on, on somebody that was just starting out and wanted to be in your field, what would it be? In my field, like in, in startup or consulting in, or startup, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever advice you'd go back and give yourself. So if I would go to, you know, startups and uh, people with great ideas, so I would always go, you know, look at the market first and not in the technology, meaning that um, I think in today's world, good products are, in a way, it's like commodity. It's very easy, in a way, to create very good products. You have a lot of brilliant engineers and brilliant people all over the world. But I think where most startup fails eventually is in, you know, in the go-to-market because they create very, very sophisticated products that are not necessarily adopted by the, you know, by, by the users, but the people from the industry. And I think we were lucky to come from the industry. I'm first business oriented and, you know, way, way, way after a, te a technology person. Right. And I think that because we really understand our business and we understand our customers, we were able to build a product that really generates value for them. Okay. It's not, it doesn't generate good data because I think that this data is, uh, you know, mind blowing and, and very interesting. It generates the right kind of data that helps them do their day-to-day you know, -day activities better and eventually contributes to the bottom line of the company. So that's a great answer. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on Retail Corner and speaking with us about it, uh, reassuring us about the robots in our future. And uh, hopefully uh, that they can guide our trends a little bit. If you guys have any questions about one beat, any questions about trends, uh, all of obvious information will be linked below and uh, I'll see you next time. Very cool. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.